Hi, guys. I have another guest for our podcast today, and I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and tell us her favorite scripture. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Cindy Sadler, and my favorite scripture is John 15, 15, and it's because it talks about Jesus calling us his friends and everything that the Father has revealed to him he reveals to us. And so that just encourages me that I always have a friend and I can always read the Bible to see what God is unveiling to us through the mysteries of his word. Oh, yes, yes. God's word is very encouraging if we'll just, you know, read it and, and, and seek him for that comfort and that uh, reassurance. Um, now, tell us about what you do career-wise and what your passions are and why. For my career, I was in public education for 35 years. I left and started my own business, and I love training. I love helping others reach their potential, and then COVID happened. And most of my clients went away because most education places closed. And so I was fortunate enough to work temporarily for a private school, which remained open most of the time. And now I am back to doing my business, uh, which is called Shadowing Success. And like I say, I love helping people reach their potential. I love helping teachers help students learn and reaching the classroom excitement level, you know, I've always made the statement in my trainings that students should come in, not thinking, oh man, what are we going to do today? I think students should enter the class going, all right, we're going to have to pay attention or we'll get lost. I want the lessons to be that exciting and that engaging. Yes. Yeah. I did try that when I was a teacher, you know, I, I liked all the hands-on, uh, learning and, um, and, I would, I would always tell my kids, all right, we're ready to learn. We're ready to learn. And I, I did have actually one class every time one student would go, oh, they would go, we're ready to learn. And I was like, oh, wow, that is so cool that, you know, because you try, but it doesn't always catch on as excitedly as it did for that class. That class just happened to be, uh, I don't know, but they just, would repeat that every time he would go there and that would thrill me to death and that's actually how we met you and I I think is when you were at the uh, Jubilee school correct yes yes Mm -hmm. yes awesome okay all right and um how long had well how long have you been at the school? Because I know, and how long have you been in this new uh, career that you've started? When I worked for Harlingen uh, CISD, I did a little bit of technology training on the side and I never charged for that because I always felt like it would be some sort of conflict of interest because I worked in the technology department. I was a technology trainer But I always felt like that someday I will take this out on my own. And so then when I left Harlingen and went to work for Jubilee Harlingen, of course, I was the campus admin. So there was really not a lot of technology training. 
And so I would say I've been doing this for probably about 12 years Oh, okay. Uh, on the side, the technology training, a lot of it helping school employees, but also some small business. And just, I have gone to homes to help individuals. Mm -hmm. And then of course, like I say, I retired after 35 years and I went into doing this full-time and a lot of what I had brought into the classroom and into my campuses, I was doing now for training. And of course, then when COVID happened, most of the schools went ahead and shut down. Mm-hmm. So I put everything on hold. I never stopped doing the business. Right. Um, I always continue to do a little bit here and there. I transferred quite a bit online. So there are some online classes oh, now. Yes, yes. I did a lot of Zoom lessons where mm-hmm. campus administrators would want their employees to continue to learn and grow. And so through the use of Zoom, I would conduct training through Zoom. And that's a whole nother level of excitement. I mean, it's like juggling, trying to get the Zoom going and the breakout rooms and the questions and the activities. So it was exciting. And I feel like, you know, I reached a whole new level there. Um, But then over time, now schools are back in session. They're ready to go back to training. And so I feel like I have now three options instead of just the face-to-face we can do the, the online Zooming or we can do the on-demand where if, let's say, you need hours, you can just go to the website and get some online hours. Awesome. Well, out of all the trainings that you do for teachers, which one do you, um, I know you enjoy it all because that is the reason that you have a passion, but is there one part of the training that's more fun than the other for you to teach? I have a couple that I really enjoy. One of them is called the Small Business Extravaganza. And the reason I like that so much is because I get to work with people like you. And usually I follow up with the training to the actual extravaganza so that teachers will work with students to create their own businesses. And the students, while they're in the process of creating their own business, will network with business owners. Mm. And through the process, they learn to write their elevator speech. You know, they will learn to work on their profit and loss statements. And some of them even came up with storefronts. Mm. And I will have guest speakers, you know, which of course will go to the campus. And then at the grand finale Mm. is what I like to call the extravaganza, where all the business owners who've helped and the students that actually finished their product will get to have like a market day. And it's super exciting for everyone involved. Oh, good. That sounds fun because I'm, I'm going to have to dive into that with you a little bit. And also, um, yeah, I may have to ask you uh, some questions. I've been doing some podcasting on organizing, helping teachers get organized in their classroom. Um, now, some of them are already organized, but maybe there's some that are just starting out teaching that I might be able to help. So I might have to pick your brain on some things that you've seen over your years in the class, uh, years in the school system uh, for some tips on what I could do uh, some more podcasts on. Um, but let's go on. Um, so. What is the one thing you wished you had known before you started your career? And it could be what you're presently doing now for teachers, or it can be anything, you know, because you've had several different 
steps in your career. So whichever one you would like to share with us would be great. Something that couple. you wished you knew before you started. You know, I, and I grew up going to the church, you know, and we all hear the stories of, you know, the famous flood and the creation and all the stories. And I feel like now, you know, where I am in, in studying the Bible, I wish I had known back then. And I think, you know, for all the youth pastors out there listening, if they could talk to their youth or their parents could talk to their kids, you know, start planning to pray for your future now. Mm -hmm. And that is just something that I've always done, you know, pray for my own kids. And I know my parents pray for me, but mm -hmm. I think as high school students, we need to continue to reinforce, you know, you plan for college, you plan for your career, but does anyone tell you, you pray for it, you pray for God to reveal to you what he wants you to do. Yeah, that's so that would be the first thing. And the second thing I learned, I used to teach eighth grade computer lit, which, you know, took me into computers. And I had a coworker, her name was Judy Emsley. I don't know if she's listening, but <laughs> she said that her and her husband always encouraged their children, no matter what they majored in, to minor in business. And the reason is whatever you do, you need to know how to balance your money. And yeah, so I think, I should have. right, we that all should have done that. for me as well. Yes. So those are the two, you know, I wish is if I could go back, but I do believe that the Lord has really guided my path through the years, you know, in education. I remember going to college over at when it used to be UTRGV mm -hmm. and I guess it still is UTRGV mm -hmm. and, you know, just praying all the way over there. Okay, Lord, you know, you show me what you want me to do. And, you know, and I went to get an application and the lady said, well, what are you going to major in? And being a first-generation college student, I was like, I don't even know what that means, but okay. I said, let's try teaching. She said, okay. And, you know, the rest is history, of course. But when I finally graduated, I thought, well, I would like to be a music teacher. And um, at the time, you know, down in Harlingen, the, the interviewer said, we don't have any music openings, but I would really like to put you in a computer class based on your background because I was a data processor for a few years, you know, going to college. And I said, computers, of course, this is in 1983. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like, wow, what, what do you mean computers? Yes. You know, who can have a career with computers? <laughs> and so I went ahead and took the, the job. And when I got in there, I thought, well, I need more education in this. So that led me to the master's. And then going through the master's in technology, Later on, I applied for, you know, campus admin and they said, well, you need an administrative job, you know, administrative degree. And I said, oh, okay. So I thought, well, if I'm going to go get another degree, I'm going to go ahead and get a doctorate. So that kind of, I feel like the Lord has just led me down that path of where he wanted me to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good because um, there are people, uh, well, um, you know, you always are taught, you know, pray for your future spouse or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, we don't always hear also pray for your future career and and to start early. So that's a good one. I, I really uh, like that. I like that. And now, pray through your career. Yes, and yeah. that, that's true. We all too. face those moments. Because that leads to my next question. How um, are, have there been any times in 
your whole career that you've wanted to give up to give anything, up anything mm -hmm. that frustrated you or made you feel like oh my goodness or any mm -hmm. give up mo moments i think you know just the nature of public education there's always the political aspect and so that was kind of at times you know uh politics would come onto the campus or into central office and those days were you know challenging and being a christian in public education is just a challenge in and of itself and so as a campus admin you know i became more and more well versed with the law when it comes to what christians can and cannot do whether it's the adults or the kids so i feel like those were challenges however the lord provided excuse me excuse me provided me a way to meet the challenges well that's good that's good um so how how would you explain to viewers that how did you overcome that those challenges i i think you already said but just kind of elaborate on it just praying for sure praying, praying and reading the bible um, those are the number one things is to you know constantly be in prayer and the lord knows our situation mm -hmm. so if we go to him and we cry out to him we learn in the bible that he hears us mm -hmm. and so always being in prayer and you know it's amazing because i you know when i read the bible you always find those verses that just kind of pop out at you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or like now i have an online bible study it's been going for seven years and sometimes it'll say your memory's on facebook and i'll say wow i really needed to hear this today and so i feel like you know the Lord provided those scriptures and those verses all those years ago, but yet they're popping up again today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, other than um, the things that we've already talked about, what advice would you give someone wanting to do what you're doing right now? I would say networking for sure. Um, I network quite a bit with Wyco Tax down in Brownsville and, um, of course, Linda over at ERI. Mm -hmm. And I want to pinpoint those two because my favorite thing about working with Christopher and Linda is that while their business is growing, they're bringing up everyone else with them. Mm -hmm. And they're so good about collaborating and sharing. And, you know, it's not all just about them. It's about how can we work together to help everyone grow? Yes. So I would say networking is, you know, totally important. And I've been a member of Toastmasters. I did join Fem City um, with Diva for Design. Mm -hmm. And I think we were in that together. Um, but then right now I'm in the Highland Lakes Breakfast Club. So any networking opportunity, even the the um, the Harlingen Breakfast from the, the chamber, I would go to those. So it's important to network with other businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, working for Linda at ERI, I've been learning a lot of new skills. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say my head hasn't wanted to explode uh, because sometimes my brain feels like it can't hold any of that information, but it has really been a blessing and I've learned a lot uh, over there in her office. Um, now, um, what have you listened to or read that has inspired you? Uh, well, of course, I have to go back to the Bible. 
Um, you know, the, everything in there is just so relevant. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, brings scriptures to mind that helps us through whatever situation we're in. So that's the, my first go-to. The second one that I've read, and I'll probably read again, and I reference it quite often, is from Steve Samples, president of USC at the time. And he wrote a book called The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, as a leader, like a campus leader, you have to make a decision. What are you going to do? What will you stand for? What hill are you going to die for? You know, are you going to leave this campus or do you just want the title? Mm -hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that book and all the lessons that I learned from there. Oh, good, good. That's something for us to put on our wish list to read. <laughs> now, who are three people that have been most influential to you? I know, in, especially when we network with other women, there's a lot of people that influence us and that are influential and we help each other along the way. But who are the three people that have influenced you, have been the most influential to you? Well, I have to go back to my childhood growing up in Westlaco and it's, it's like it was a group of women and I actually included most of them in the acknowledgement page of my dissertation because growing up, of course, I had my parents and they always took me to church. I was always there. But at the church, there was a group of women who were probably um, old enough to be my, my grandma, I guess. And <clears throat> let me say there's about 10 of them. And they were always just so encouraging and so positive. And they just encouraged me, to, um, you know, to have that kindness and to have that giving heart, excuse me. <coughs> allergies but you know like for example these were the women when someone was sick or if somebody passed away they were the first ones at your house with a with a dinner and they would coordinate together and so those that group of women's and just to name a few of them mm -hmm. Lola Beth Pinson, Janelle Betts, um, uh, Marceline McDaniel and Dorothy Robinson those are just a few and just these were the the noble generation women they grew up they're probably born around the great depression they grew up during that time they've been through all the wars so they they were upcycling before it was a thing so oh, that, yeah. that would be Definitely. you know the first group out of necessity <laughs> and then my my of course my second group of people would be my parents and my children mm -hmm. and you know they're just extremely supportive and you know they're always there and just, you know, so I was asking, well, what are you doing now? You know, yeah. and sometimes it's funny and sometimes you're like, wow, you know, you need to really stop. Um, and of course the most important is my husband, Jerry. Yeah. And he's always there and I'll come home and say, you know, well, okay, I'm going to go do a job over here or I got a job out of town there. And he's just totally supportive. And, you know, recently I asked him, I said, well, I think I want to go back to work full time. He said, okay. I said, so that's okay with you. Said, yeah. I said, what if I have to move? Well, I'll go wherever you go. So totally supportive, you know, and it, I feel like when I was working on my dissertation that I never saw him, even though I'm right here, we're in the same house, but yeah. he, he, he's just, he puts up with me. Steady. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, um, what would you like to debunk? Is there anything in your career that you want to debunk that you think that people think you do this, but you really do this? Oh, deep. 
bug something. Um, I don't, I can't think of anything because it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's, it's training. So it's, you know, like professional development training. Yeah, I think that would be the only thing. All right. Um, how do you stay motivated? What may, what does motivate you? I'm, I may have adult ADHD. I think okay. I, I'm not a sit around person. I, I found that out quickly when, when I did retire the first time and I thought, oh no, I can't do this. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely not one to sit around and, yeah. and watch TV. I might read a book or something, but after a while, you know, I got to keep moving. I got, and I love to go to new places and meet new people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that motivates me. Yeah. Uh, ADHD can there are parts of it that can be a little tough, but the, but on the most part, if you harness what it brings, you can get a lot accomplished and a lot done. <laughs> That's something that can be debunked is ADHD. You know, a lot of people see ADHD one way and, and really, um, there's a lot that people don't understand about ADHD, isn't there? Well, I tell you, it, it's um, maybe that's why I like training teachers, because mm -hmm. often, you know, you'll you'll hear of a teacher that's struggling in your class and, and you'll go to the classroom and you'll say, OK, well, let me just observe. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to teach in rows and it's direct teach and the kids these are not direct teach kids mm -hmm. this is a whole different world yeah you know? well, maybe and, we so. need to do a collaboration <laughs> just on adhd our next zoom is going to be talking about adhd you and i all right then. all right <laughs> okay um okay now this goes right into the next question because sometimes we have a hard time you know if someone has ADHD, they have a hard time with this one. How do you plan for rest and relaxation? <laughs> rest and relaxation. I do love uh, to go to the beach. So that is my rest time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I practice, um, I guess they call it Pomodoro. I don't know if that's exactly how regimented I am, but I do practice that. And so even when I'm on vacation or resting or relaxing, um, like this morning, for example, I'm off on holiday. So I slept in, you know, all the way till seven. And, you know, a lot of people just think that's hilarious. They're like 7am is not sleeping in. Well, for me, that's sleeping in that's extreme. Yeah. But still, when I do get up, I do take the time to check my email because I feel like seven days of the week I'm working. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm on vacation and I'm in my flip-flops and my shorts, I'm, I'm still to some extent checking my email and seeing if, you know, who needs the services that I provide. Mm -hmm. So I do relax a little bit because it's always better to check emails and do some sort of online training in flip-flops and shorts, you know, than opposed to getting all dressed up in heels and driving, you know, for five hours to do a training. So yes. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the rest. And I like to go down to the island where I can get some rest and have the view, you know, of the waves. So yeah. 
Yeah. Well, do you have any hobbies? My what now? Hobbies. What? Hobbies. Oh, hobbies. <laughs> I do quilting. I do like to quilt. I haven't quilted in a while. Um, <clears throat> I also write Christian books. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could be another podcast because I do have a a side hustle to the side hustle. So yes. that's a lesson. Okay. And again, I'm not going to sit still. But the side hustle is uh, the Christian writer, and I've written a series of six books, the Our Father series, and mainly they're for new Christians or children from first through, I guess, 12th grade to go through them. And it talks about different things, and there's activities for the kids could do. And so that is something that I've done over time. And like I say, I have the online Bible study on Facebook, um, so that I've done for the past seven years. Okay, well, yes, we we can probably think of a lot of podcasts to uh, do together. <laughs> That'll be great. Um, now, do you have uh, any collections, anything that you like to collect? Like I collect teacups. Do you collect teacups? Or I yeah, I gave them all to you. <laughs> made me think of it I was wondering if you still collected them or if that was it what do well, you collect um, or is there something you collect you know it's like some dream of mine in the back of my head that someday may happen I don't know but I've always wanted to open like a tea shop a tea cafe where people can go and have tea and who knows maybe <laughs> it'll happen maybe it won't I feel like right now it's, it's still in the back of my brain yeah. Um, but I did collect all of that, the boas, the hats. I mean, gosh, if yes. I had all the money I put into those hats. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> the, that was something. But my grandmother on my father's side started collecting coins. Oh. And so I do have a coin collection. It's not with me. I keep uh -huh. it in my dad's gun safe, which uh -huh. is like Fort Knox. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is something that I'll leave to the kids. Um, okay. But yeah. Yeah. All right. If money were not no object, what would you do every day? Oh, if money were no object, what would I do every day? Well, I'll tell you what, I would hire a chef and uh, I, I would have the best healthy meals I could eat all day, every day. Yeah, the yummiest but yet healthy, right? <laughs> I tell you, you know, as an educator, you, you work for years with maybe a lunch. If you get a lunch, it might be 20 or 30 minutes. And so, you know, we used to always make the comment, you know, you're scarfing down a Big Mac, running down the hall, trying to do something. So educators in general, I believe don't eat too healthy because it, it, it's just time consuming. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> then, you know, working on my own, a lot of times, you know, I am living out of a suitcase. In fact, just yesterday, I was walking through Walmart trying to figure out what town I was in because I travel so much. I'm like, wait a minute. Where am I? <laughs> Where am I? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a different world. And a lot of times when we're that busy, we just don't eat properly. So if I could, you know, have a chef to take with me or, you know, keep on yeah. that. Maybe I should work with that husband of mine. <laughs> Get into chef school. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I think my husband and I, we try to eat a little bit healthier, but we do like food. <laughs> well, you know, and, and the, 
the thing with most staff developments, and it's been ongoing for so long because it's quick and easy and cheap, is I don't care if I eat an apple for breakfast, wherever I end up, invariably they've got donuts and sweet bread and, you know, <laughs> all the bad stuff. stuff. So <laughs> I have zero willpower. <laughs> I know, that's, that's why it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now, what have I not asked you that you want listeners to know? Something that um, you want to add before we uh, go to our last two questions. Well, basically, you'll go to my website and you'll see the services that I offer. And it's very broad and very vague. So if there's something that you need, uh, be sure to reach out and fill out the online form to request a quote, because nothing ever is too out there. You know, it's like they say, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what started off as something small has just grown into, yes, we can do that. Mm -hmm. And so always be sure to ask if there's something that, that you need and you don't see. Okay. That's good for listeners to know. All right. Now, do you consider yourself organized? And I said two questions, but I might throw a few in here. Yes, I do. I, uh, I had an aunt, my aunt Alma, may she rest in peace. She called me misorganized. Oh, there you yeah. go. So you mm -hmm. are organized and to a certain extent when we have a business we have to be organized right I mean right. there are going to be personal areas that we might <laughs> fudge on but business wise now so then this question if you're pretty organized this question probably won't mean anything are are you a piler or a filer well, oh, I'm a filer. Filer, yes. Yeah, All right. Sure. Online, uh, my little, my documents and in my online drives. And then I actually have a, a file cabinet, one of the metal ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. So everything is backed up electronically and on hard copy. Well, if, is it hard for you to get rid of things or easy for you to get rid of things? Oh, very easy. That that's the one main difference I think between my husband and I. And uh, he's you know extremely sentimental, and he will keep everything. Mm. Whereas I'm more of a minimalist, and I will toss everything. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I try to be fairly balanced in that because there are things that I am sentimental to. Uh, my pretty dishes, I have to say, but listeners already know that, so I'm not going to go into that too much. But um, but I do like my decorative stuff, so I don't consider myself minimal, but uh, I'm fairly organized. Um, now, do you, well, you already answered this one. Your husband keeps things for sentimental reasons. Uh, do you do you ever keep something just in case? Like, oh, if I get rid of this, I might need it later. Or are you pretty much know what to keep and what to let go of? Well, I, um, I don't keep things just in case. Mm -hmm. um, I, I try to live my life so that, you know, at any given moment, if the worst were to happen, I could walk away with the clothes on my back. Mm -hmm. And I tell you that because once upon a time, I did used to keep things. And um, it was when I was going to school. And, you know, 
Back in the day when you're going to get your first degree and money is extremely tight and you're recycling cans, you know, just to make ends meet, um, those were the, 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 you know, the salad days. And so it was fun, but at the same time, it was scary. And I learned so much during those days. And as I would go through the different college classes, occasionally the professors would give us different artifacts. And one of the things that I remember getting was probably about 10 of the big books like they used in the pre-K four class and on up. I got a bunch of those books and I had a bunch of other readers and just different things. We had done the dinosaur exhibit at the McAllen Museum. So I had some things like that. And as I'm going through this in my mind, I thought, well, I'll use this when I become a classroom teacher, thinking at the time I was gonna teach elementary school or probably music, right? Mm -hmm. So one day I came home from work and when I opened the door of my little tiny apartment, I stepped in and my foot sank in water. Something had happened with the toilet over the day and the entire apartment flooded. So all of this stuff that I had been keeping under the bed was ruined. Everything, I lost everything. And that was very crushing to me. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, all this stuff I've been saving all these years. And a lot of the furniture, of course, on the bottom, it was ruined and everything. But you know what? I have never needed that ever. And so, like they say, with hindsight, with the Lord, sometimes you just don't get it until you look back. Yeah. So the Lord knew when my apartment flooded, I'm not going to need that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just extra junk. I'm going to have to move out someday. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I've kind of always remembered that. I believe he allowed that to happen to show me whatever you lose, you're not going to need, mm-hmm. you know, and I will provide your needs. Mm-hmm. And he always That's has, good. he has always provided my needs. And so And I try and remind myself the same God that parted the water is the same God that's working in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to try and keep him in my head. You know, I'm going to let him do his thing Mm -hmm. and just see what happens because nothing I can imagine is as great as what he can do. Right. All right. Well, now I only, I didn't want to cut you off real fast, but I'm thinking our Zoom might cut off before we get your online information out there. So tell listeners how they can find you. Um, I just don't, that I don't want to cut off. <laughs> sure. It's uh, the website is www.shadowingsuccess.com. All right. Awesome. And, and I'll also put a link at the uh, bottom of the uh when I post everything as well. All right, so my last question is, what organizational, what uh, thing in your home or business are you the most proud of your organizational skills on? I would have to say the way I maintain my records on a spreadsheet as far as where I worked, what was the mileage, what was the income, and what were the expenses, And I back that spreadsheet up with actual artifacts, like uh, copies. I take electronic copies of receipts, invoices, everything like that. So when Christopher down at Wyco Tax does my taxes, Mm -hmm. I email it as a package to them. And often the accountants will laugh and say, everything is done for us, Uh. you know? (laughs) And so I, I felt good the first time they told me that, but still, you know, it's a small business owner, uh, which is not really my background, um, I I trust them to take care of it. 
Oh man, I definitely need work on that. <laughs> I could well, offer training. <laughs> there you go. I need it. Well, thank you, Cindy. I'm so glad that we were able to do this and we will do some more in the uh, future. And um, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I will get this out to our listeners and our and you'll be on YouTube as well. So we'll get this posted soon. And thank uh, you for having me. I apologize for coughing. Like I said, oh, allergies are crazy right now. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, Cindy. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye.